0: A New Life. Can we give Jesus a hand this morning? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for being the Prince of Peace. Ah, uh, You may be seated. It is so good to be here with you guys today. How are you guys doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? So good. Pastor Steve and Pastor Tammy, we love you guys. And Pastor Steve, that was really kind words love for you to tell my wife that when she comes. It'd be great. Um, how many of you guys brought your Bibles this morning? Yeah. Yes. Woo. All right. If you have your Bibles, I want you to put your finger in Matthew chapter 1 and in Luke chapter 2. In just a few moments, we're going to open up and read some scripture there. So that's Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. You know, the title of the message this morning is called The Prince of Peace. And I gotta be honest with you, I was doing really good until Pastor Steve and Pastor Tammy said that Christmas is next week. I need to confess today, I am not ready for Christmas next week, right? When I think about Christmas next week, uh, peace does not come into my heart. But nevertheless, I have a week and God's grace is good. How many of you are ready for Christmas? Well, good for you. Okay, all of the rest of us were really happy that you are all good for Christmas. How many of you are like me and we're like, hey, we got a week left, we can still do this. <laughs> yes. Alright. Well, good. So here's one thing that surprises me if I would share with you people who love puzzles. Right? Who who loves puzzles in the place? Great. Okay, I do really good at like a 12 by 12 puzzle. Like when my daughter was four and we were putting together puzzles i nailed it like i was really good but once you start getting over 100 pieces 300 pe- yeah some of you are laughing at me 500 pieces one thousand pieces like that is just too much like i do not have it in me to sit at the table and try to figure those things out but i realize that there's something else in me that's actually not good see my whole life i've been the youngest and so growing up with two older brothers, I have trained myself to annoy my older brothers as much as I possibly can at every turn. And so I gotta tell you, there is something in me. When I go and I see either my wife or my daughter or my mother-in-law, somebody that has the, the big puzzle at the kitchen table, right? Because they need that space and they're working on like a thousand piece puzzle. There's something inside of me that wants to go and just take a piece of the puzzle and put it in my pocket and watch them lose their piece when they get to the end of it. Anybody else, right? Somebody somewhere is working on a puzzle and I gotta tell you, they're not gonna be able to put it together, right? Right? And. <laughs> So this is something that I imagine because I've actually, uh, I don't think I've ever done a puzzle of more than a hundred. Right. But I can imagine if you're working on like a thousand piece puzzle, how frustrating would it be to get to the end of it and realize that there is a piece missing? Yeah. You know, uh, I have never done that with a puzzle, but I have felt that way about my life at times right, when I look at the pieces of my life, when I look at this picture perfect idea of what I think life should be like, and I realize that in my picture, there's, there's pieces missing. You know, when you think of Christmas, what comes to mind? When you think of the ideal Christmas, right, The the perfect Christmas, that perfect picture of Christmas, what comes to mind for you? You know growing up uh, my mom always liked the Thomas Kincaid pictures right so here here's a picture of, of a Thomas Kincaid uh, painting all right this is a Christmas look at that right so living in California uh, especially Southern California we never have snow and i'm I'm actually okay with that you know I have family that live in the snow and I like to visit snow I, I would not like to live in it I don't think I've actually never have but Uh, You know, how many of you would love, in your perfect ideal uh, picture of Christmas, how many of you see a white Christmas? Right? Okay. People around. You've got the tree. You've got the lights. See, a lot of times, we look at our life like we look at this picture. And everything looks perfect, and everything looks neat, and everything is in its right spot. But here's the reality. Many times... It's just simply not true of how our lives are. If we're honest with ourselves, there might be some pieces that are missing. Your life might look a little bit more like this picture, where all of a sudden somebody somewhere took the corner of it, right? And for others, it looks like this. All of a sudden, okay, there's more. And it looks like this. There's more pieces. And it looks like this. Where we find that there's very few left i'm curious today if you are honest with yourself what pieces might be missing in your ideal picture maybe there's some relational pieces maybe if you're honest with yourself next week when you experience christmas you're going to be faced with the reality that there might not there might be an empty seat at the table and there's a relational piece that's missing. For others of you, it might be a uh, financial piece. To be honest, the provision is not there to do what you would like for the people that you love, and that's that's a very real thing. For others, it might be a health piece, right? Or whatever the trials, but all of us, all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, and we look at this idea of what we would like Christmas to be like, what we would like our life to be like, there might be some pieces that are missing. And did you know that that was true, even of the very first Christmas? That was true. If you have your spot in Matthew chapter one, what I want to do is i want to read to you the Christmas story. We're going to look at Matthew chapter one, and we're going to look at Luke chapter two, and I want you to notice, right? What are some pieces that might be missing in this story? what are some things that we don't see, and we're gonna focus on what are some things that we do see. So if you have your Bibles open with me to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. The scripture says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, so they were engaged. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that is not probably Joseph's picture perfect idea of, of uh, getting married, right? The woman that he's engaged to is already pregnant. Probably not his ideal. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So, um, In the the Hebrew custom, their marriage was in two phases. So they were engaged and they were pledged to be married. And then there was a season of preparation. And then there was this moment where they would come together. They were already considered husband and wife, even in this engagement. But once everything was prepared and ready, he would come back for his bride. And so they were already married, although they had never been together. uh, But Mary was found pregnant. And so when he found that out, he was like, I'm, I don't know, what am I going to do? Right? So he was thinking about divorcing her quietly. Look at verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And one thing that I respect so much about Joseph is that in the midst of everything that was going on and all that he was feeling, when he had the dream and he heard the angel of the Lord speak, his first response was simply to be obedient to what the Lord had spoken to him to do. Love it. All right, let's turn to Luke chapter 2. So Luke chapter 2. So in Matthew, it's kind of giving us a story of kind of what was to come. And this is kind of the moment when when Jesus comes. I love it. So in Luke chapter two, verse one, it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while uh, Curius was governor of Syria. Verse three, and everyone went to their own town to register. That was probably inconvenient, right? Mary's pregnant, almost at the point of giving birth, and then the government issues the census, so everyone has to change their plans and travel and, and go. So verse 4, So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there... The time came for the baby to be born. Verse seven, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Verse eight, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause that will uh, cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, listen to this announcement. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let's stop right there. This first Christmas story, there were a lot of uh, pieces of the puzzle for the ideal perfect Christmas that was not in place. Mary was already found to be pregnant when Joseph and Mary were engaged. That wasn't an ideal picture. They had this huge census that caused them to interrupt their plans so that Mary had to travel while she was pregnant. That wasn't convenient. When they get there, there was no place for them to go. So they had to be in this, uh, in this stable really, right? And, and Jesus was born and the only place to put him was in a feeding trough. Now. Can you imagine if you were in heaven and you uh, were heaven's ev- uh, event coordinator, and it was assigned to you to plan the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Right? How many of you know? Like, if you're going to plan an arrival of Jesus, you've got to make sure the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Right? You've got to cover. The- you got to at least make a reservation. Right? Right. This is not an ideal thing. But the announcement from the angels come, and what do they say? Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth on those to whom his favor rests. There is this announcement of peace. This is one of the Christmas promises, but this is what I love. There is this promise of peace. And here is the thing, here's the heartbeat of the message this morning. Many of us, if we're honest with our life, and our Christmas and this season, we have a picture of how things should be. We have a picture of our own expectations, of how we want things to be. And if we're honest with ourselves, for many of us, there are pieces that are missing. There are pieces that are missing. And here's the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is that you can only find peace once all the pieces of the puzzle fit perfectly in your picture that you only be able to find peace when when all of these outside things are neatly packaged and put in and it's all made whole but here's the announcement the very first christmas when everything was not perfect when it was not tidy when it was all together there was an announcement of peace why because the prince of peace was present the prince of peace was present i want you to look at this verse in isaiah isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 this is the promise I love it. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Here's what I wanna share with you today. This Christmas, even though your life is not perfect, even though there might be many pieces of your puzzle that are, that, that are missing or unreconciled, you can experience peace, why? Because you can experience the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself. Jesus himself. Listen, what we don't need, what we think we need is all the pieces to be found. But what we need is Jesus. And we can experience him. Okay, right now, I don't know how you came in this morning. I don't know the level of anxiety, the level of worry, the level of the cares of this world that you are walking through life with. But what I do know is that peace is available. And I love it that the promise isn't necessarily just peace, but it's you're gonna be given the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself. Jesus wants to spend Christmas with you the prince of peace wants to be with you this holiday season and i love it so when you look in god's word there are so many verses about peace there's so many verses that encourage you and i to trust the lord it's absolutely incredible in fact when you read it i would love for you to have the image of your mind that the prince of peace himself is giving you a christmas gift there is a truth about peace as I have been praying about our time today, that what the Lord had laid on my heart and my prayer and my hope for our time is that we would be anchored in God's truth, that we would be grounded in his hope, that we would experience the Prince of Peace by exploring this idea of peace. So what I wanna do is I wanna share with you five, five scriptures that talk about this peace that god wants to bring that the prince of peace wants to bring now now these are scriptures that meant a lot to me but i pray that these scriptures would literally just be a starting point and all throughout this week that you would dive into god's word and what it has to say about peace and that you would experience the prince of peace this morning here's the verse i want to share with you it's in isaiah isaiah 26 It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Some translations say you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are focused on you. If you want to experience peace this Christmas, it begins by having our minds focused on the Lord. How many of you know that there are so many things that are grasping for our attention, true or false? There's so many worries and there's so many cares and it's easy to let our minds just get carried off and wander away, right? Our minds work a lot like the social media algorithms, right? So here's how it works. If you've heard about TikTok or Facebook or these other things, right, there's these different algorithms and what happens is the, the videos and the things that you click on and that you watch, it actually, the algorithm picks it up and it gives you more of what you want, right? So this feed, you feed it and then it feeds you, right? You are telling it what you want and then it's giving you more of what you want and that's why for so many, you know, social media is such a big, it just sucks them in because it's desire to give them more of what they already want. Our minds and our thoughts work the same way. Did you realize that we have thousands of thoughts that pass through our mind each day? But I, I would, I would, uh, I'm curious if you, like me, if there's some thoughts that just seem to keep coming back over and over and over again. And some of those thoughts are thoughts that we don't want. They're thoughts that stress us out. There's thoughts that weigh on our minds, but why do they keep coming back? Was well, it because they're, they're so emotionally charged? because of the meaning that we've attached to them. And so when we begin to worry, then when we begin to think about it, and the more we think about it, the more worried we get. And then the more worried we get, the more we think about it. And then the more we think about it, the more worried we get. And do you see the cycle? So what does the scripture say? He will keep in perfect peace, him whose mind is steadfast. Or in other words, him whose mind is focused on the Lord. Listen, If we can wrap our minds around the person of Jesus, right? If we can think about the Prince of Peace, we think about that. What's gonna happen is we're gonna wanna think more about that and more about that. And that's gonna produce a greater peace and a deeper peace, right? And why is this true? It's because we trust in Him, right? So if we want peace, we have to keep our minds on Jesus. Here's another verse I want to share with you. It's a verse out of Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace when, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to experience more peace in your life? God wants to fill you with his peace. Do you know when the Lord is going to fill you with his peace? When you trust in him. As you begin to trust the Lord in your trusting, God is pouring his peace into your life. And this is why it's so hard. Because if we're going to trust the Lord, we can't trust the Lord with anything we first haven't surrendered to the Lord. So if the cares and the worries of the world are in our hands, because we haven't surrendered them to the Lord, then we haven't trusted the Lord and we're not gonna experience peace. Do you guys see the, the cycle? So the more worried and the more consumed we get with trying to control all the pieces around us, the more we're grasping and the more we're clinging, the less we're trusting and the less peace that God is pouring into our lives. I'm curious today, what is it that God is inviting you to trust him with? Is it a relationship? Is it a financial situation? Is it a health thing? What are the things in your life that if you're honest with yourself, you are afraid to let them out of your hands because you have a fear of what may happen if you actually surrender them to the Lord. What is those things? What's that invitation? Here's what the scripture says, that as you trust the Lord, as you surrender to the Lord, it's in that surrender that God is gonna pour his peace into your life. Could it be this morning that the lack of peace might be rooted in a grasping of trying to do it on your own. How many of us come to a point in our lives where we're like, God, I got this. (laughs) Now, we don't say that, right? Because we know God's God, but we live that way. How does it show up? Well, our first mentality is to plan instead of pray. Right? Because if I plan, I'm going to fix this, right? I'm going to control the situation. I'm going to fix this. And when you pray, you're reminded that you have absolutely no control. But it's when we have no control that we let go and trust the Lord. That's actually the moment when God begins to pour His peace into our lives, okay? Here's a, yeah. Here's another verse I want to share with you. This is one of my favorite verses. You've probably heard this before. It's in Romans uh, chapter eight. I love it. Romans chapter eight, 28. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. There is a promise that we have as the people of God, that God works everything in our lives for his glory and our good. Everything. What does that mean? It means everything. It means the good things. It means the bad things. It means the things that make sense, and it means the things that doesn't make sense. So I got to tell you a a little bit about my story, and I've shared this before, but one of the things that have shaped me over the years was growing up, and throughout the years, my father experienced such chronic pain. I mean, there are people that live with chronic pain day in and day out, and I got to see that up close, seeing my father as I, uh, as I grew up. But the one thing that was true about my dad is my dad loved Jesus. So my dad loved Jesus with a passion. And so I got to see my dad go through tremendous suffering and I got to see the perspective that he had that he loved Jesus. So that shaped my life. So one of the things that it did in me was it trained me to see the good or to see the positive. If you know me, I I am inherently positive, right? Because from a time that I was young, I was taught that even in the space of suffering, God is with us. The Prince of Peace has arrived. So I was trained, like I spy. All right, where's where's Jesus in this room, right? Because he's somewhere. Where's Jesus in this situation, right? So what happened is through the years, I got really, really, really good at being able to see how God was moving all the pieces and to offer perspective. And the truth was, it was really good until it wasn't. Because over the years, what had happened is I somehow picked up this idea that the filter was good or bad. And I was trained that you always have to look at the good to the point where denial was my drug of choice. So I remember years ago, when I first came to New Life, I came as a youth pastor, uh, then the discipleship pastor. And every year we would meet with Pastor Steve and he would give us you know, these uh, performance evaluations. And he'd be like, PA, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good.
1: He's like, how's everything going? I'm
0: good. He goes, how was uh, taking the kids to uh, winter camp? Pastor, it was good. And he's like, no, 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 my kids went to winter camp, and I know my kids. I know Ryan, right? Um, And everything was good, and everything was good. And what I realized is, over the years, that I had developed what I call perspective diabetes. You know what perspective diabetes is, is when you sugarcoat it so much to the point where it's not healthy for you, right? And, and so that was an issue, that, that, that was a thing. It, it was actually not good. So over the years, the Lord had to break that off of me and show me that the filter is not good or bad. The filter is honest or not honest, right? We gotta be honest. Listen, God is too real to not be met in reality. And we cannot live in this idealistic picture because God, the Bible says that he is the way, he is the truth, and He's the life, right? So here's what the Lord has done and what the Lord is doing in my life through this verse. See, all things work together for the good. So what I always looked for was the reason. What is the reason that these things in my life have happened so that I can show you that you know, God is good? But then guess what happened? There were things that happened in my life that I didn't have the reason for. What do you know, what, what do you do when you don't have the answers? What do you do when you don't know why you haven't been able to have kids? What do you do when you don't know why your loved ones went to be with the Lord earlier than what you planned? What do you do when you don't know how the pieces fit? And here's what I realized that we can trust this verse that God is working all things together for the good, not because we have to have the reason, but rather because we have a relationship with Jesus himself. Does, Does that make sense? So I can trust that God is working all things together for the good, not because I have the reason, not because I can tell you how it fits, but rather I have a relationship with Jesus and I know he is good even when I don't know how life is gonna work out for the good, I know him and I trust him. Here's the thing, it's hard to trust someone you don't know. I think for many of us in the church, one of the reasons why we lack peace is because we're not trusting the Lord. And maybe one of the reasons why we're so reluctant to trust the Lord is simply we don't know him. Did you know that God wants you to know him this Christmas? God wants you to know him as the Prince of Peace. You know, my prayer for our time today and for the people, I've been praying that your love and affection for Jesus would grow. I've been praying that God would reveal who he is to you and that you would see him as the Prince of Peace. I've been praying that you will be able to experience peace even though all the pieces in your life may not be fitting together, right? You can trust God and you can know that God is working all things together for your good, even when you don't know why, because you know him, right? It's true. Here's another verse that really speaks to me about peace. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You know, I'm curious, how many of you today are walking with the weight of the world on your shoulders? It's so easy to do that, huh? We carry so much with us. We carry the weight of the world on our backs. The invitation for you and I is to cast our cares on the Lord. And what's the reason we can do that? It's because he cares for you. Did you know that your heavenly father cares about you? Do you know that the, the details in your life matter to Him? That the things that are weighing on your heart, that it's important to Him because you are important to Him. And He loves you so much, and so the invitation is for you to cast your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. Listen, for many of you, the weight of your worries has been weighing you down far too long. And I know you, you wake up in the morning and you, you try to muster everything inside of you to put a smile on your face and to make it through your day. For many of you, your mantra is just one foot in front of the other. I just got to, let me just do today. Let me just do this moment. What I want to bring to you today is you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live with a, with a weight. And you know what I'm talking about. It's that weight that even when you lay down to go to sleep before, as your head is on your pillow, before your eyes fall asleep, it's that weight, that pressure that you feel, whether you feel it in your chest or your mind is racing, because you don't know how all the pieces are going to fit. You don't have to carry that. Because he cares for you. God cares for you. Here's another verse. Love this verse. Psalm 68:19 Praise be to the Lord, to God our savior who daily bears our burdens. Who daily bears our burdens. You know, it's one thing to be going through a difficult season and have somebody check in on you. Doesn't that feel good, right? Because somebody sees. Somebody, like you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel valued. Someone's checking in. But Sometimes people will check in when you're going through the most difficult season you've ever been through and then you don't hear from them the next year, all right? That's not the way our God is. He is a God who daily bears our burdens. You know, it reminds me of a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Jean. Actually, I met her here at New Life. She was on one of our teams when we went to Haiti. And she has experienced such a, she's experienced Jesus in such a way where God has completely uh, delivered her from drugs and alcohol. She's been sober for like 44 years. Yeah. It's amazing what Jesus has worked in her life. Here's the thing is, she has given her life to helping younger women walk through the same valley that, that she did. And what she does is she walks with them. But one of the things that surprises me is when, I, when we were talking and um, she was telling me about the people that she was reaching out to, she has like 15 or so girls that she calls, listen to this, every day they check in every single day wow like that is another level right you know what that reminds me of that reminds me of jesus because he is a god who daily bears our burdens here's what i want to do i want to close today but i want to do something i want to show you guys and i want us to do an exercise together this is going to take probably about five minutes are you ready okay This is something uh, that I do in my life. I probably do this once a month. And if I'm really, really stressed, I do it a lot more. But it's really, really helpful. But I wanna invite you guys to play along, okay? You guys willing to play? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your notes. Pull Pull out the piece of paper. Now, on your notes, and if you're watching online, I wanna invite you right now, get something that you can write with because you're gonna write And I want to show you a very, very practical way to live out these scriptures that you might find helpful to anchor you in peace. Okay? So this is me stalling so that if you're online, hopefully by now you have your pen and paper. uh, But nevertheless. So on your notes, you're going to see two circles, right? Okay. Now, here's what I want you to do. The verse that we just read a minute ago is cast all your cares on the Lord. This is what I wanna invite you to do. In the outer circle, I want you to list down all of your cares. Now, some of you might notice, hey, Pastor Andrew, this circle's pretty small, right? (laughs) If it's for the cares of my world, I need like a big, (laughs) I need like a poster board, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, that's okay, right? What I wanna do is, so what I want you to do is just write one word, but I want you to fill this outside circle. What are the cares that you've been carrying? Go ahead. Write it down. Now, if, if the worries are people next to you, you might want to be careful about putting that name on it. But nevertheless, right? What are the things that you're carrying? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to cast your cares on the Lord. So legitimately, all of the things that are weighing on your mind, all of the things that are work, all the things in your family, all of the things that are unresolved, all of the relationships that are unreconciled, all of the things that you would say are still fractured or still broken, go ahead and write them down. Write them down. Write, write one word. Take a moment right now. Because what you're doing in writing them down it is a very practical way that you are casting your cares on the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. Now, some of you are probably done writing right now and I want to encourage you to keep writing what are those things on your mind I'm talking everything that you're carrying with you there's something special about getting it out of here and getting it on here Okay, keep writing what are those things that are coming to mind what are the weights that you are carrying what are the, what's the heaviness that you uh, you're walking in today with cast all your cares on the Lord. And why can we do that? Because he cares for you. Okay? Now what I want you to do is you're going to notice that there is a circle inside. I want to ask you, what's the one thing that God is inviting you to do today? What's that one act of obedience What's the one decision that's actually in your control that God is inviting you to take? What's that one thing? Everybody got it? Does anybody need more time? Need more time? Take it. Right? This is a moment for you to hear Jesus right now. So we're, we're casting our cares on the Lord. Now we're asking the question, what's the one thing that God is inviting us to be obedient in? And here's what happens. Every, so what, what do you do with this, right? Once you do this exercise, what do you do with it? Great question. I'm glad you asked that question. See, all of the things in the outside circle, that becomes your prayer list. So you legitimately, you take time and you pray through it. You say, Lord, here's this relationship here. You give it to the Lord. You recognize that it's out of your control, but it's in His. You recognize that even though it's not in your hands, it's still in His. So you go through every single item. Like sometimes I do this and there's like 30, 40 things on there. I'm talking unloading everything that is clouding your mind, you putting it on there, and you give it to the Lord, right? So the outside circle becomes your prayer list. The inside circle becomes your obedience list. This is the step you're gonna take today to be obedient to move forward. Why is this helpful? Because this allows us to number one, cast our cares on the Lord. And listen, when we ride out, physically ride out the worries and the concerns that we have, what that does is that helps bring clarity. Because as long as they're swirling inside of us, it seems overwhelming. It seems burdensome. It seems like I'm not even, like it just seems completely like we're drowning in the cares of the world. So we've got to get it out. We've got to cast our cares on the Lord and know that God will daily bear our burdens with us. And... the the circle in the middle, well, this this is how we're gonna move forward today and be obedient in peace. Guys, here's the invitation. Would you stand with me as we close? I know Christmas is coming. And for many of us, it's coming a lot faster than what we want. And I know that there are pieces of your life that may not be present. There might be missing pieces. But I am here to tell you today that you don't need to find all the pieces for you to experience peace. What you need is Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So as we keep our minds focused on the Lord, we'll begin to trust Him. And as we trust the Lord, God will literally pour peace into our lives. Listen, you're gonna get to a point in your life where you know that God is working all things together for the good, not because you have all the reasons, but because your relationship is so strong in the Lord, you know who He is and you can trust that. I mean, think about this. When you buy a puzzle, you trust that all the pieces are in the box. Why can't we not trust the Lord that He's using all the pieces in our life and He's gonna work work it out, right? Yeah. And what we get to do in the meantime is we get to cast our cares on the Lord, right? We get to give the weight of our worries over to Jesus. And in response, we understand that God daily bears our burdens. And this is the announcement, my friends, from the angels of heaven, glory to God in the highest. And peace, peace to you, peace to you. Peace on those to whom his favor rests. And as the people of God, I'm telling you today, God's favor rests on you. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you right now. God, we declare peace. Lord, we understand that the lie of the enemy is that everything has to fit together. All of our problems need to be fixed. Things need to be perfect in order for us to experience the peace. And that's simply not true. We can experience peace this Christmas because the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself, is with us. Lord, let heaven come. Praise in Jesus' name. And everyone says...